Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Although I'm not having a beer today. <laughs> haven't been getting a lot of sleep, and I just felt tired, so I don't feel like having a beer. I'm actually just drinking some water, flavored water. So anyway, I uh, hope everybody's doing good and uh, staying put at home like you're supposed to be. Uh, I know we all want to go fishing. I want to go fishing, but... Uh, I think we can all deal with sitting home for a few days uh, for the for the greater good. So I hope you're doing that. And hopefully uh, this will keep you entertained for at least an hour. And uh, more importantly, hopefully, hopefully you'll learn a few things. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to learning a few things. Um, the plan today is to talk about the Raymarine element. This is the one I've got right here. Uh, this is the one that I mount onto my kayak. And I can actually show you how it's mounted right now. There you go. There's my kayak sitting on a beach uh, in um, the Bahamas, actually. And uh, so that's how it's all mounted up there with uh, Yak Attack stuff. I'm going to remove that. So anyway, that's how it's mounted. And again, you know, we have the, the mounting plate, the uh, Mighty Mount, and then the lock and load system with the uh, yak attack uh, fish finder mount it's a great great system and i will go ahead and remove that um i did show that the other day and i told the people i would show how my transducer was mounted so i'm gonna do that really quick i brought that up here uh, one of the cool things on this transducer it is very large um but you can remove the top mounting section to it so you can see that uh, the mounting bracket's no longer on there. So I can just run this cable up through uh, the scupper, the transducer scupper on my boat. Now this one I did kind of really quickly before I went to the Bahamas, and I have another way that I'm going to do this, but I'd run these cords up through that transducer scupper also. And with this plate, this little plastic plate I put up there, I can cinch that down and hold this tight. But there is a screw, if you can kind of see that there, at the top of the transducer. So I'm just going to get a longer one of those screws, run that up through the transducer scupper, again, with that plastic washer, basically, and then be able to hold it nice and secure. The nice thing is it is very secure, but it's also very portable. So when I do go to different destinations, I can easily um, set that up on my boat. And, of course, using the... Uh, Nakwa batteries, these things powered up. And there was actually a situation in the Nakwa battery um, that we're going to talk about during the live show as well with uh, Jim McGowan. So um, stick around and we'll talk about what a great battery that is, but uh, a setting that you might want to be aware of that uh, I came across on the, um, while I was on my trip, that was a little perplexing and we got it all sorted out. So if you're running this, I want to share that with you as well. Uh, got some people already have joined us. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Hope you're doing well. Also, uh, Eric, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, you guys, 
bring some questions. You know, we're going to get Jim McGowan here from uh, Ray Marine is going to be joining me here in a couple seconds here. And he is the man. I mean, he knows these pro this product inside and out has been very helpful to me over the years whenever I have a question. And um, he is a kayak fisherman as well. So he, he knows how to run them on the kayaks and everything else. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring Jim McGowan up onto the screen. Jim, thanks for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Good to be back. How are you today? Good, good. I know you're uh, working in the home office slash garage today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't be fooled by my fancy backdrop here. There's uh, scraps of lumber and sawdust and brakes uh, and brooms and everything else all behind me. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's working from home and uh, we're all doing our best. The nice thing is we can get on here thanks to the technology nowadays and uh, share some information and hopefully learn some stuff. Like I said, I know I'm looking forward to this. The Element is a fairly new unit to me. I was using the Axioms and I have the Axioms on the boat. Uh, this one's just a little bit different. And there are some things that I kind of fought with and pinged you and you and you straightened me out right away. Of course, it'd probably go a long way if I ever read instructions or anything like that, but we can't have that. We try to make it super easy. So yeah, hold, hold that on the instructions. You don't, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, we're going to, we're going to talk about the, um, the element, which basically is kind of your entry level unit now. I mean, I know the dragonfly, which was such a popular unit for the kayak anglers, uh, has been discontinued yeah. and you know it, it was a great unit this one's quite a step up right it's got a lot more capability in it it's uh it's got you know about eh, let's say 80 percent of what the axiom units have in the tier above it so uh, dragonfly was a hugely popular unit for us and unfortunately it was getting to the point where we just couldn't actually make them any longer couldn't get all the parts needed to, uh, to put them together so we did have to move on to a new platform. Um, so Element is a little more capable, well, a lot more capable than a Dragonfly was, um, but it is really optimized for small boats, uh, including kayaks. They had kayaks in mind when this product was designed. Um, so it has kind of all the goodness that Element had. It's got built-in GPS and there's maps and it's got down vision and chirp sonar. Uh, but then it's got a lot of those high-end features too. It's got side scan sonar, it's got three-dimensional sonar in it, and it has uh, something called hypervision, uh, which we can talk about a little bit too, but that's like super high definition sonar. So a lot of capability in a small package. Yeah, okay. Uh, it, it's great. Uh, I know you guys, and you guys put up some, I know, uh, I think I saw the other day you guys were doing, you did a tutorial on, uh, I don't know if it was on your Facebook page or on the Raymarine site. I saw a post on you guys showing how to do upgrades on the element, uh, yes. upgrading the software. So you guys stay on top of that. So uh, where does where does somebody go to see that um, if they want to stay up to date on what you guys are doing? Sure. Yeah, Raymarine.com is always the uh, the best place to start at. Um, that particular upgrade video we actually pushed out through our social media channels. So it's out out on uh, Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on our YouTube page as well. Was shot right here in my uh, in my home bunker, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the cool things about Element um, and all Raymarine products is they are easily software upgradable. But Element, it's especially easy. Um, the unit has Wi-Fi uh, interface in it, so you can connect it to your smartphone or you can connect it to the Wi-Fi in your house, and it can actually pull its own updates down over the internet and install them automatically. 
Um, you can also do it the old-fashioned way. You can connect uh, to our website, pull the software down ahead of time, put it on a card, and feed it to the machine. Um, so if you have a, you know, an area where there's not a lot of Wi-Fi or uh, you have other difficulties, that's always a, kind of a backup way that you can do it. Too. Yeah, I had a little, I had a little up online updating it and uh, via Wi-Fi, and I did download on the card, and it was it was so fast. It was almost, I mean, you know, like to say Wi-Fi would be easier and all that but using the card was so fast mm -hmm. that you know i almost preferred it <laughs> yeah yeah and the nice thing there too is while you have the card plugged into the machine you can back up your waypoints you can back up your settings so that down the road if you ever you know god forbid lost the machine or you had to reset it for some reason you can put it back to the way it was you give that has it you have that snapshot of, of how you set it up Okay, well, let's dive into it. I know we have a, a, a unit set up on a kayak with you. Yes, right so here beside me. I'm going to throw that, and for whatever reason, it's not showing. Oh, there we go. There we there go. go. <laughs> it was uh, fighting with me a little bit. So um, basically what we're going to do here, and again, if you have questions at all, please throw them out there and we can go through it. Initially, what I, what I think we would want to do is just, okay, what's – initial setup, you know, getting this thing set up for a kayak. Um, I know there are some special features there that do actually pertain to kayaks. There is. So the very first time you power this thing on out of the box, it'll run you through a setup wizard. And question number one that it asks is what type of boat am I uh, being installed on? And you'll see power boats and sailboats and fishing boats. And if you scroll down the list amongst the things you'll see there, you will actually see a kayak. Um, so for everybody watching, make that selection. And, and the reason I tell you to do that is it'll optimize the pages for kayak usage. Uh, but most importantly, when you're looking at the chart, when you're looking at the 3D sonar, the icon of the boat that it puts in is a guy in a kayak. So it, it's <laughs> very, very tailored to what we do. And we like that. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, so that happens the very first time you power it on out of the box. And then the other things you'll set up in there, you can actually tell it, um, what you have for batteries and some other particulars about the boat. Some of that is used for the Navionics dock-to-dock -dock auto routing, which is kayakers. We're probably not going to use that very much, but you can set it up if you want to. And at least that way it knows the particulars of your boat, how long it is, how wide it is, uh, how much water it draws, not very much, <laughs> and, uh, and all that goodness. And then, then you'll be ready to go. But uh, I like it for the icon. For sure. So there, there's a close-up of it. Uh, unlike the Axiom, uh, the element is not touchscreen, um, which in a lot of ways is good. I mean, I've had touchscreen units on my kayak, and a lot of times with really wet fingers and, and all that, it just it's not as responsive as just having a keypad off to the side. And once you get used to that, I mean, heck, we didn't have touchscreen before, so uh, jumping through those hoops is pretty easy. One of the things we did when we designed this product, too, is we wanted to give you uh, dedicated buttons to things you do all the time. So, for example, this giant orange button up here, anytime you touch that, it's going to save a waypoint instantly in the system. So you get hooked up on a big fish, see something cool on the sonar, hit the orange button. It doesn't matter what mode you're in. Uh, it'll actually save a waypoint into the system so you can easily find that again. Um, another thing we gave are some preset keys. So you notice you got a one, two, and a three here. And if you look on the screen here, my chart is assigned to preset number one. That's what that little one means on the corner. My full screen fish finder is number two. 
And this screen over here, the split screen with chart and who views a fish finder is number three. Uh, but I could change these around. So for example, if I want uh, this tile called casting to be my number one, um, I simply use my trackpad. So I'm sitting on top of it and then I can just press and hold number one and it'll reassign it. There we go. So now that is my number one priority. And when I touch it, it'll just load right up. So the nice thing is with this setup, you don't have to come back to the home screen every time you change from one view to another. If you know what one, two, and three are, you just simply touch the button and go right from one to the other. Oh, that'd be great if you were running GPS completely on one and then you had your fish finders on the other. If you just wanted to check back on your GPS really quick, yep. you know, so that's number one and then your fish finders on number two and maybe your split screen is on number three. Um, so that makes it right. And there's that kayak icon there's, right there. There's kayak man right there. <laughs> and, uh, one of the things that makes element really special. And if you have used a dragonfly, um, uh, you'll, you'll definitely notice the difference. Um, elements have a quad core processor in them. So they're super fast. So for example, when you want to change range on a chart, you want to zoom all the way in or all the way out. Uh, you just watch how fast the chart loads in this. It's, um, incredibly responsive. Uh, so there's just no hesitation when you want to do things. You can pan and zoom and move around and uh, very, very easy to uh, to get around on this system. Yeah, they look it, it, it's so simple. I said they're, they're pretty plug and play. Um, I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. I don't know if our listeners are. So if any of our listeners is, uh, or viewers are, are hearing echo as well, can you let me know? Because that might just be on my end. Um, well, I don't hear it here, but um, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when when you're first going through and setting up, now, like I said, I, I don't know if you can get to it at this point, but I, I may as well talk about it because I did talk about at the beginning my uh, Nakwa battery when I was um, on our last trip. We had a bit of a issue with getting a uh, a battery warning a low power warning um if you will and me thinking okay i've got low power i'm thinking my battery's about to die and that really wasn't the case uh can you explain that and and maybe how to address that a little absolutely yeah so one of the things that we built onto element we knew that a lot of small boaters are going to be running these on small batteries so whether it's a kayak whether it's you know canoe or a skiff or you know even a small motorboat battery power is always at a premium uh, so there is an adjustable uh, battery alarm on here so it just constantly reads the supply voltage what's coming into the system and you can choose to turn on or turn off uh, this low voltage alarm and you can set it to whatever is appropriate for your setup now, um, an element will run all the way down to about 10.2 volts. Once it once it gets below that, uh, it, it'll shut itself down. Or what will happen first is actually the sonar will stop working. That's, that uses the most power. Um, but shortly after that, it'll it'll shut the system down too as kind of a protective measure. So I've got mine here set at 10 and a half volts. Um, and so it just gave me a little warning that, hey, you know, we're at the end, time to change batteries. Um, you can uh, adjust it to whatever threshold you want it to be. So I simply highlight it, press OK, and I can you know, raise it or lower it. And I can also just turn it on or off entirely. So if you're not interested, if you're not worried about it, just switch it off uh, and it doesn't bother you. The way I'm <laughs> just to show you where I uh, came from, I'm going to go all the way back out to the home screen. 
and I cursor down here to settings. I just press the okay. And then I have alarms. So I'm toggling to the right. You can see we have kind of like a tabbed interface. And I just scroll down and you'll see the low voltage alarm there. Right now it's at the bottom of the screen. So again, you can make it whatever voltage you like, or you can just turn it off altogether. You'll also see like your depth alarms in here, uh, waypoint arrival radius, if you wanna be notified when you get to a waypoint. Um, there's some other things in here that you can change as well. And, and you said that's not anything. And I'm, saying, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm really hearing this echo now. Yeah, uh, I'm not hearing the echo, no. Okay, it's, I don't have anything. Anybody chat anything in about echo? <laughs> yeah, some people say they're they're hearing it as well. It seems to come and go. It was really bad there for a second, and now it's uh, it's not. So, well, we'll we'll continue. My my question there was though, if I was just to turn that off and then the unit just shuts off. Yep, it's shutting off to protect itself, right? So it's not you're not going to do any harm. You're not going to do any harm. Nope, you can run run the battery all the way down. Um, and then uh, change batteries and keep going. Yep, that's that's no problem at all. It's not gonna not gonna harm the uh, the sonar in any way. Okay. So kind of to explain again, the, the the issue I ran into was I would get that alarm going off and thinking I was running out of battery power, I would shut it off. Once I talked to you, I, I pinged you while I was actually in the Bahamas, and you explained it to me. Uh, I turned it off, and rather than getting the two hours where it was then giving me the alarm. I ran it all day on this uh, Nokia 12 volt 10 amp battery. So it's really not drawing that much power, right? Uh, not very much at all, no. And, and uh, I'm running the same battery, uh, actually right now connected to it. I have that battery and I even have some of the smaller ones uh, that I use and I change them back and forth. Um, but yeah, generally I can get about ooh, six hours, maybe even a little more. If you turn the backlight down just a touch, you can actually go really, really long. Um, the backlight uh, after the sonar is probably the biggest consumer of power. And even if you just knock the back the backlight down like 10%, you can still see it in the sunshine. Great. Uh, and it, but it really extends the battery life. Um, I'm going to pop up here on the screen too is right on the home screen. Uh, there is a voltage readout. So right now we've got 12.6 on the system. Most of these batteries, when they're fully charged, they're going to be up around 13, one, 13, two volts to start. And then, um, like I said, an element can run all the way down to about 10.2. So um, that's it's pretty long runtime. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, we have a couple of questions. Um, are you making another Y-Fish style finder? Um, at the moment, no. The Y-Fish was hugely popular, especially in Europe. and. Um, we saw a lot of Y fish go on small boats, and we saw a lot of Y fish got built into bait boats, which I thought were pretty cool. I don't know if you've ever seen one, Jim. It's like a little radio-controlled boat, essentially. And they oh, yeah. Oh, really sure. And via a tablet, they could get the feed off the Y fish, and they'd, they'd use it to you know, see where the fish were in a pond and, uh, and go after them. Pretty cool setup. Um, so uh, a lot of people ask if the what the element has for capabilities that are similar to the Y fish. Um, what I can tell you is that the element has Wi-Fi and it has Bluetooth in it. Right now, the Wi-Fi is being used for software updates. And through those software updates, we're always bringing new features and capabilities. And we know that that Wi-Fi, you know, repeat on your tablet or your phone capability was hugely popular. So stay tuned. Um, element doesn't have it now, 
but it is equipped to do it. And uh, it's really, you know, it's just a matter of software update. Uh, uh, is there a low voltage usage mode to conserve, like only running basics, maybe with less brightness? There's not an official mode, but there are certainly some things that you can do as the operator. Um, if I tap the power key, that brings up the display brightness control. So it's very easy just to back it off a bit. And obviously the camera actually picks this up really well till we get to the point where you can see me in the reflection. Um, <laughs> but outside, you know, you could run this up or down. And if you can turn it down a little bit, this will definitely give you some more power. Um, if you had a situation where you needed navigation, uh, but not sonar on the system, uh, tap the power button again. And down here, you see this one that says sonar ping. Uh, if I go down and click that off, that actually turns off all the sonar transmitters. So you wouldn't have any sonar, no depth, uh, but you can still use the screen for navigation and GPS. So that would also stretch the battery uh, quite a long ways because the, the sonar uses more power um, the sonar and the backlight together, I guess, are they're, they're about equal. So turning either either the backlight down or the sonar off would uh, stretch it a bit. Okay, now I just unplugged my hair. It might help, but I'm still hearing the echo. But uh, Martin Jones says, now I know adjusting the brightness extends battery life. Does dark mode have the same effect? I'm not sure what that is. It's so um, one of the things we gave you here. So right now the background is white which is really nice and bright sunlight. It gives you a little bit better contrast. Um, but if you are fishing at night, uh, you can come down here and change the color theme of the system to dark. And now you'll see that the background has gone to black and uh, any of the pages that had a lot of white elements in them now have darker elements around the edges. So it kind of helps with the night vision. Uh, honestly, I don't know that it saves uh, a measurable amount of power. I suppose it might, you know, it, it doesn't have to turn the pixels white. It can leave them in their native black color. It, it may save a little bit of power, but probably not very much. I'm going to put my earbuds back in because it was not helping sound wise. <laughs> What's interesting is I seem to be getting that echo more when I have the three cameras up rather than just the single. So it's kind of okay. uh, one of those wonderful techie things you never know in live shows. So, um, so anyway, one of the things I wanted to talk about and, and get some more information on um, is I know that you can customize screens. So if, if the preset screen options is not what you want, there is a way to, set up a screen with on it what you want, correct? Uh, there is, yes. So out of the box, we have kind of set up some default layouts here. I'm just going to switch back to white because I think it plays a little nicer with uh, my streaming camera. Um, <laughs> so you can see um, this configuration. I've got a full screen chart, a full screen fish finder, and then some split screens. Well, maybe, um, maybe I'm a, a full screen guy. I don't really care about half of this and half of that. I just want a, a full screen only. So let's change up this tile over here. Um, I'm going to use my trackpad. I'm going to come up to, in this case, open water. I'm going to press and hold the OK key. And I've got some pop-up options. So I can delete that tile. I could give it a new name. Um, I can uh, also assign it to any of these quick launch buttons. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to customize it. So I'm going to press OK again. 
And now we have uh, different options that we can put up here. We can do full screen of chart, full screen of fish finder. Um, if you choose a fish finder page, once you go in, you can choose what channel you want to look at, whether it's down vision, side vision, 3D, um, you'd assign it there. But generally, we'll assign it first as a fish finder page. Um, there's some dashboard pages that can show you some basic data. Um, if you're really a, a strong, strong paddler and want to put a radar on your kayak, you can that as well. Um, and I don't know if anybody wants to do that, but uh, knock yourself out. <laughs> Uh, so let's say, for example, I want to put, I'm going to change this up actually to a four-way split. I want to see all of my fish finder channels uh, at the same time. So I'm going to go quad fish finder and just press OK, and then there it is. When I want to access it, I just hit OK, and voila. So now I've got chirp sonar on the top left. I've got my real vision 3D. I've got my chirp side vision and my chirp down vision. So though that's a preset of the four, but if you just select fish finder, say you want it as a single fish finder, um, what do you have to do to make it the vision you want, whether it's chirp or down vision or 3D to make that screen exclusively that? Sure. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to uh, open up the page number two, which is assigned to be a full screen of fish finder. So by default, it's going to load up with the chirp sonar. But if I want to make this something different, I just go into the menu and it actually shows me all of my channels that are available in sonar. So I've got chirp sonar here, down vision, 3D or side vision. So let's make this one a down vision. I just go down with my trackpad, press OK. And now this is assigned to be a down vision screen. And it'll stay as a down vision screen until I change it to something else. And if I go back to the home screen, just to show you, uh, it's even changed the icon for it. It's told me that it was last used as down vision. Um, the nice thing in the fish finder is you are free to change from one to another to another if you want to. You don't have to permanently leave it there. So it kind of gives you some flexibility in how you like to use it. Right. 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 So... so Let's say it comes with all the, the, the presets. Um, do I have the option to add another box? You do. So we have six boxes here on the front screen. Uh, but if I scroll to the left, I've actually got six blank ones over here. So I could make some of my own. I could start from scratch. And again, I could assign this to whatever I want it to be. Um, maybe so for, real quick, I actually ran into this problem for people who are wondering how to do this when you get there, because I kept messing up. Um, you press and hold the okay button. I just yeah. thought I had to press the okay button and it wasn't working for me. So <laughs> you have to press and hold the okay button. Then your options come up. Yep. Yeah, about a two second press and then these will pop right open for you. And then you just pick whatever it is that you want to assign to that square and then press OK to register it in there. So something that is a little different between an element and an axiom, for those of you who might have played with an axiom system. Um, on an axiom system, you first choose how you want to split up the tile, uh, whether it's a one item or two items side by side or three items or four items. And then you could go through and assign apps to each of the window panes. Uh, with, uh, with Element here, we've simplified that a little bit. So we've kind of already broken up the, the panes and assigned the apps to them. 
uh, just to make it a little bit quicker and easier to, uh, to operate. It's a little bit less customization than an Axiom, but still a pretty powerful system. I think all the options you could want are there. They're just pre-built for you. All right. So let me see if we've got any questions here really quick, and then we'll kind of go through some other things that I wanted to talk about. Um, Dave sees, how do you show the speed? Uh, Dave, are you talking about the speed of your boat? And that's what I'll assume he's asking. So let's let's go with that. Yeah. So um, this does calculate speed. Um, there, it has a GPS receiver in it. So speed over ground is a standard thing that GPS always calculates. Um, so one of the things that Element supports are data boxes. So on any particular page, we can add um, data box items to the corners. Um, some of them. You have uh, four data boxes. Yep. And then we have some selections for what goes in there. So let's say, for example, I wanted to change the data boxes on this screen. You can see I've got depth up here. Uh, I've got uh, water temp, battery voltage. I've got a clock. I think this is probably an ETA to a waypoint or something like that. It's pre-programmed. If I want to change them, I just touch menu. Uh, I'm going to come all the way to the bottom to the gears, and I'm going to shortcut that by going up. It's a, it's a looping menu, so I click up, I'll end up at the bottom of the menu. Hit OK to enter, and notice over here I have data boxes. So let's go over and select data boxes, and here's my options. I have data box one, two, three, and four. So let's take that timer data box. And I'm going to press OK. And I'm going to edit what's in here. And now um, this is where I can pick my parameters. And this might be a little bit hard for you guys to see, depending on how big your screen is. But this lists out all the data channels. So here's battery things, depth, display, distances, uh, fuel related, obviously, for a power boat, environmental <laughs> data, so things like water temperature, uh, GPS uh, derived data. So let's go down to that, say OK. And I want to put in SOG, which is speed over ground. But now data box number two is speed over ground. And I can just back out of here with my back button, this left arrow. And now I've got speed up here in the corner of the display. So one thing that is kind of cool is these data boxes are changeable screen by screen. So you can have different data boxes on different screens. You could have no data boxes on some screens. And you know you could just show one item or two items. Um, so it's very flexible in that regard. So anytime you have the map up, you might want to see ETA to a waypoint, where anytime you're looking at the fish finder, you might want to have the water temperature visible. Um, so it's your choice. Um, you can choose screen by screen what you want on and what you want to turn off. OK, so that's that's a really easy way and extremely option. So you put in fuel, does that count how many power bars I still have in my backpack or something? Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Dave from Sweden, um, is it possible to change the colors? Uh, for example, on the side, I guess that might be side scan is what he's trying on to the say. Side scan, sure. So let's go back to the home screen. And I'm going to go into my uh, my number two over here. I could have just pressed two and brought it right up. But uh, since I'm here, we'll go the long way around. So we're looking at uh, down vision. Um, since he asked about side scan, let's make this side scan. If 
but in reality, you can change the colors the same way in any of these. But here's side vision. So we're looking left and right. Looks like we're using a burnt orange color palette here. If I want to change to something else, I just go into the menu. Again, down here to the gears where my settings are. I just touched up and it looped me right down to the bottom so I don't have to click a whole bunch of times. Okay opens it up. And right here, color palette. So we're in burnt yellow. And you can see we have, I think, about a dozen uh, different color palettes you can choose from. So if you want it, you know, grayscale, uh, maybe you're in a green mood, you can make it green. Um, so many, many different choices for you here. Um, my personal favorite out on the water, I use a lot of this inverted copper. I find in bright sunlight. Um, I only kayak on sunny days. I don't. I don't go out in. <laughs> in the bright sunlight, uh, I, I get real good contrast. This also works real nice with my sunglasses. Um, but yours, you know, yours may vary. You may have different preferences. So that's why we give you so many different choices. Okay, that's get back to the comments here. Um, so. You know, there, are there different settings or does it make a difference it, how this is set? And I, I I know on some fish finders I've looked and they're like, you know, you hit a button that says you're fishing fresh water versus salt water um, depth. You know, say if I'm fishing in a lake and the deepest I'm going is, you know, 35 feet versus when I'm fishing out in the ocean, which is for me is most of the time, you know, mm -hmm. I'm fishing primarily in 75 five feet of water, but I might be in 300 feet of water. Are there different ways I should set up the fish finder for those different um, fishing situations? So with a Raymarine element, um, absolutely. There's a setting to be aware of. Um, your down vision, your side vision, and your real vision 3D channels on element are actually all dual frequency. So um, they support either a 350 kilohertz chirp uh, or... Uh, a 1.2 megahertz uh, chirp signal. Um, the difference between them, the 350 kilohertz chirp has a lot longer range. So it's great when you're in deeper water uh, or when you're in shallow water, but you want to see a lot farther out, like on the side scan image, for example, where the 1.2 megahertz is very, very high frequency. That gives the sonar um, a very high level of definition. Um, but when we put high frequency signals into the water, they don't travel quite as far. So I would say anytime you're you know, in 50 feet or under, I would use that 1.2 megahertz because that's gonna give you the most detail, the most lifelike presentation of anything that's down there. Um, but if you need a longer range or longer distance, uh, you can switch and it's very easy to do so. Just open the menu and you'll see right here, we have a frequency selector. So right now this is in hypervision 1.2 megahertz and just to show you that when it's in operation it also indicates down here in the corner uh what frequency you're in so okay high vision 1.2 uh if i press okay uh now it's in standard 350 kilohertz the simulator that's running here because i don't have any fish in my garage uh, but this is an actual recording that we took uh live on the water and you can actually see the difference uh, between the hypervision and the 1.2 uh, and the 350. Um, we're looking out to 80 feet on this side vision image. This is the 40 foot marker. I'm not sure if you can see it uh, online or not, but that says 40 feet. So this is 80 feet. Um, so this is a pretty good example of the different difference in the uh, distance that it can go and the, uh, the detail. 
this is actually the loop repeating itself coming around. Um, but so there's standard uh, 350 kilohertz chirp, and then there's the 1.2 megahertz uh, hypervision. So you can see after about 50 feet, it's kind of starting to lose power, lose fizzle. And that'll, um, it, it'll vary a little bit depending on the water conditions, whether in fresh or salt. In salt water, it'll always go a little bit further. Um, but also kind of uh, the composition of the water, if it's got a lot of air in it, if it's got a lot of temperature differential across it, that can all impact how far it goes. But uh, that 50 to 75 feet is probably the, the typical uh, usable range of the 1.2 megahertz supervision. Okay, well that's that's really good to know. Um, so basically, if I'm if I'm fishing salt water, uh, the deeper water that I tend to go in, I'm going to want to be in um, the 300, the 350, yeah, yeah the 350 kilohertz chirp is probably going to give you uh, much better depth uh, capability. Um, the 350 will go to about 600 feet on down vision and side vision. Um, I have seen it go even farther than that. I've seen the side vision out over a thousand feet before um, in some really shallow water too. Um, so it, it is a pretty capable frequency um, if you wanna go some distance. Okay, so another issue, uh, thermoclines, um, junk in the water, eliminating some of that in the upper levels. How do you go about getting, seeing what you want to see, but not seeing so much garbage. Yeah. So we built some filtering uh, into um, all of our sonar systems and element has it as well. By default, out of the box, everything runs in automatic mode. So it will kind of manage the frequency you're on. It'll manage the power output of the transmitter. Um, in deeper water, it'll use more power. In shallower water, it will use less. And then we wrote some fancy algorithms to actually look at all the signals that are coming back and it digitally processes them to try to take out noise, take out clutter. Um, but there are times when you may want to manually intervene. So we give you some capabilities to do that as well. Um, back in the menu again, I'm just going to close it to show you how I, I go back in here. So I hit the menu button, a little uh, three stripe, something that's like called the cheeseburger. Touch the cheeseburger and uh, right here, adjust sensitivity. Uh, and when we open that up, I have uh, some controls that pop up over here. So G is for gain. Um, I is for uh, intensity, um, the intensity of the colors. Uh, SF is for surface filter. And then we give you this fourth control here that says all to auto. So the nice thing about this is you can go in and you can turn these up and turn them down and really tweak it and tune it, but you can't break it. Um, worst case, you just come down, oops, that many times out if you don't do anything with it. Let me go back in here again. So let's say, for example, I want to play with the game. So right now the game is in automatic mode. I'm going to press OK to open it up, and I'm going to shift it. Anybody here drive a stick? Here you go. We're going to change the gears here. So now we're in manual mode, and I can roll the gain up or roll the gain down. And what gain does is it increases the overall sensitivity of the system. Uh, let's more signal in. Um, so you can see as I ramp the gain up, we're going to get more noise uh, in the system in this case. Um, and let's say I got this thing so convoluted that I can't get it back to the way it was before. Um, I can come down here to all to auto. And it says, are you sure you want to do this? Yes. 
And what it's going to do is it's actually going to put everything back into fully automatic mode. So the system's now managing everything. So it's basically the way it was before I started messing with it. The nice thing there is you can't break it. And if I am using um, chirp or down vision, uh, say I'm going to be fishing some bottom structure and it's varying depth, uh, can I lock on the bottom? Uh, you do have some capabilities to do that. So here's traditional sonar. This is 200 kilohertz chirp. We're actually looking at here. So it broadcasts between 170 and 230 kilohertz. It sweeps. This is good down to uh, 900 feet, uh, maybe a little bit more in really good water conditions. So you can go pretty deep with this guy here. Um, so if we come down here into the settings for this channel, we have a few different options, uh, one of which is something called bottom lock. So when we turn on bottom lock, I'm going to back out just so we can see it full screen. Uh, bottom lock actually takes all of the bottom contour or the structure away. It flattens it and zeroes it out. Um, this is really good if you're looking for fish or species that live very, very close to the bottom. If they tend to hide in the rocks, um, you're looking for things that actually sit on the sand. Um, this will uh, help to expose them. It takes away the terrain and the cover. Um, so you can actually see down here how well it makes these fish pop down near the bottom. Uh, one weird thing it does, because we've taken the bottom and we've flattened it, uh, it takes the little noise band that's always there at the top where you get all the wave action, and that actually follows the contour of the bottom. So you'll, every now and again, you'll see it pop in. All that is is just the surface noise uh, because we've taken the contour out of the bottom. Interesting. You've got a bunch of different options in here as well. Um, I'm going to open up the menu and go into the sensitivity mode. And um, one of the things that we can adjust in here uh, is our color intensity. And this can sometimes be helpful as well to eliminate noise or to highlight uh, targets that might be hard to see. And because we are working with a real image here, you should be able to dial down the colors a bit. And you can see I can start to take away or add back in uh, targets uh, by color intensity. Um, so this is something that can be useful to kind of fight some of the noise if you still find that uh, there's a lot of clutter and you're having a hard time uh, seeing what's out there. And we've got a little bit of weird stuff going on at the top here because we still have the bottom lock turned on as well. So it's trying to... Uh, they try to filter out the uh, the surface noise. Gotcha. I'm going to jump into a couple questions. See if you can read this one. Ooh, <laughs> something about a something chirp. <laughs> yeah, it's, it says chirp. That's that's the one word I got. <laughs> Sorry, I don't uh, don't speak that language. Uh, Martin, any chance of software update to add Netflix for when <laughs> the fishing isn't so good? Ah, uh, yes, the Netflix app um, on Element. Uh, I'm not aware of any plans to add Netflix to it. Uh, that is something that is on Axiom. Uh, so if you're interested in an Axiom unit, uh, even even the small Axiom 7s play real nice on kayaks. 
Uh, and they do have Netflix. I, I have done it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chris has a question, and this is, a, this is actually a great question. Uh, any recommendations on adjusting ping and scroll speeds when fishing from a kayak since a kayak moves slower than a powerboat? Yeah, I like to turn the scroll speed down on my system. I turn it down to about 50% of where it normally runs. Um, what I have kind of found in my experience is it gives us a little bit more, I don't know if it's the right term, but I'll call it dwell time. Uh, it feels like the sonar has a little bit longer period to maybe take a look. And I, it, to me, it looks like it gives me more clarity. Uh, so I like to turn the scroll speed oops, down uh, a bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> Bump the boat. Yeah, let me uh, go into the menu here. And... Um, First thing I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna turn the bottom lock mode off because it just kind of makes things look a little weird, especially in our simulator. So here's the bottom lock. I'm gonna turn it back off. <clears throat> our little preview window uh, updates automatically. Uh, all the way at the bottom of this, this is again the Chirp Sonar's main menu. Um, here is our scroll speed. So if I go in here, um, I can manually slow things down I don't know if it's going to show it to us here in the simulator or not, because this was actually recorded at a particular speed. But right. in theory, what would happen is as I slow this down, the update rate is going to slow slightly. And you know, like the um, person who asked the question said, you know, on a kayak, we're moving at a much slower pace. We actually have the luxury of time, which uh, if we slow the scroll speed down, uh, gives us a, a much higher level of detail. That's how you do it right in there. Good deal. Like I, said, I, don't, I don't think it is showing in the actual uh, simulation. Yeah, it looks like uh, because it was re pre recorded uh, at a particular, probably at full throttle, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's keep playing back. But that's how you would do it. And uh, on a live system, you'd see it slow down. Uh, Gabriel has a question Is there a way to take a quick screenshot and save it to a archive? Uh, there is. So I'm just going to back out of this menu for a moment, though you can take screenshots in the menu too. Um, on an element system, uh, you just tap the power key and take a screenshot is highlighted by default. So it's basically tap OK. And it'll save it to your memory card. It saves it as a PNG file, um, a ping. So that's something that you can very easily uh, then transfer from your card to to your phone or your tablet or put it in your computer and you can share it on social media or do whatever you like with it. Can that be oh, done? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say not yet, but stay tuned. Okay. Uh, Dave Anderson, uh, when using real vision, can you build a bigger 3D map? So with real vision 3D on an element, uh, the answer to that is no. And that is one... Um, one difference between element and um, axiom. Um, I'm just actually gonna put all the sensitivity back because I was playing with it here and made it look kind of weird. Um, so let me pop over to Real Vision 3D. And while we're there, can you kind of explain what Real, Real Vision 3D is doing? I can, sure. So here's our 3D display loading up. 3D uses, um, the down vision, the side vision, plus two more elements that are built into that transducer specifically for three-dimensional imaging. 
So instead of just uh, shooting a beam out and finding the distance to a target in two-dimensional space, um, we're actually reading the return echo twice. We're reading it on the primary element, and we're reading it a second time on a different reference point on the transducer. And by doing a whole lot of math that's way over my head, this <laughs> can actually now tell not only how far, far away something is, but also uh, where it is dimensionally up or down from the bottom. And the real vision 3D is turning that into a composite image, basically, from all those sources. So you can see here, we're getting uh, the bottom, in this case, rendered out in um, our burnt orange color. Our fish targets are these little blue spheres in the water column. So uh, in a moment, we'll probably get some big uh, bait ball uh, in the simulation. There's uh, some clusters of fish. There's a lot of configuration in the Real Vision 3D uh, in terms of customizing the colors and the sizes of targets. Uh, so I think I reset this unit right before we came online. So this is running very much like it is out of the box. There's a nice hump there. You can see there was a, a dip and the bottom came up, a bunch of fish hiding near it. Um, so in this presentation, we've got a black background. Uh, we've got blue fish that are color coded according to their depth. So we've got the depth scale here down the side. Uh, uh, this scale shows us distance to port or starboard. Um, with 3D, we can uh, tilt the image. So here I am rotating to the right, rotating to the left. Um, I can go up or down as well, so I can pitch it however we like. Um, we do build some canned views in here as well. Um, so for example, if I open the menu, I can go to a default uh, port side offset and look at it from that angle. Open the menu, I could go to a little bird's eye view from above, looking straight down. There's a nice big ball of bait off to starboard. So it gives you a nice idea of where to cast. So the original question that led us in here was, um, can this make a bigger 3D map? Um, on an Axiom system, which is the tier above this, um, the units have the ability to save about 15 minutes of recorded um, Real Vision 3D in memory. And they also have a gyro-stabilized transducer in them. So they will uh, try to stitch together all that track history um, and show it as a larger model of the fishing grounds. Um, elements uh, don't have that capability. They use a real-time uh, 3D display. So you'll see the terrain rendered out in 3D. Uh, it'll be on screen for whatever duration it takes for it to roll off the back, uh, but it doesn't have that memory buffer in it. That, that's something you'd have to move up to an axiom to. Got it. Realistically, uh, what kind of depth is this going to be good to? Um, for 3D, about 300 feet. Oh, that's that's not bad at all. It goes pretty far, yeah. Um, hey, Jim, leave this up on the screen. Um, yeah. My garage light here is on a timer, and it switched off. <laughs> I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to step away for about 10 seconds. <laughs> That should look a lot better again. Yeah, that looks good. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, I have not played with the 3D at all. Um, this has got me very intrigued <laughs> to get in there and start playing with it a little bit. 
it's a pretty neat presentation. Um, and it's one of those things when you first look at it at face value, it's kind of like, wow, that looks really cool. What do I do with that? But once you um, kind of get in there and start playing around with it, you realize this is actually pretty cool. Just the intelligence it gives you about how deep and how far away the targets are that you're seeing are. So you can, you know, you can paddle past, you know, some down trees that have fallen in off the shoreline, or you can paddle, you know, past a, a wreck or some other big object that you know is down there in the bottom. And you can see, you know, where the fish are schooling uh, near it. And you know, you know, just how far away they are from your current position, how far you have to cast to either uh, get your bait on them or how far you got to paddle to get over right on top of them. Right. right so if, if I was to now, I've got this spot where I'm seeing some fish. If I was to now hit the waypoint. Sure. Is that going to be showing on the screen? And then when I paddle back over it, it will show back up on the screen like it that? Will, yes. So when you come back around, it does remember where that point is. So you'll be able to see it uh, on the horizon as you're paddling back. Yep. That's so and cool. And that, that waypoint is also saved on the chart. Uh, it is saved on all the other fish finder windows as well. So anytime you come back over that waypoint, you will see it in any display that you're looking at. That's so cool. I, I got to play with that more. I, like I said, I've had it and I just haven't had a chance to, I get focused on the other ones and I yeah. haven't played with this. A um, little color tip on Real Vision 3D because I see it, it's actually happening right now. Um, I've used this a lot out on the water and this black background is really cool when it's dark out. Uh, if you're doing any night fishing, uh, the black background is awesome. Uh, but during the day, I prefer to go to something lighter in the background. And um, because it cuts down the reflection, you can probably see my hands and see me and you can see my garage door opener above my head. Um, I'm gonna come down into the menu here and just show you some of the different color options on the system. Uh, so you can change the boat icon. Um, we can have the targets um, colorized um, however we like. Um, so right now they're in rainbow. We can have yellow targets, blue targets, green targets, red targets, whatever you like. Um, when you use rainbow targets, then we have some other options. Um, we can colorize them by their depth, uh, or we can colorize them by their intensity. So stronger targets are red, weaker targets are blue. This is more like a traditional, uh, the way a traditional fish finder works. So if uh, if you know that, you know, whatever it is you're looking for, the, the, the tuna, the pike, I don't know, whatever, whatever you're over, if they, you know, on your regular fish finder, they always register as red with a little blue glow to them. If you switch into intensity mode here, they should look pretty similar. We can also change the bottom color. Uh, so if you don't like yellow on the bottom, you know, you can make it green or you can make the bottom, whatever you like. Uh, again, I kind of like the uh, inverted copper myself. I think it gives us a lot of detail. Um, but this one here, the background color, uh, I am a huge fan of gray for any kind of open top boat. And this last one lets you um, make those, these little spheres that represent, these, these are pinpoints where it sees fish in the water. If you want to make them larger, uh, you can bump them up, make them thicker. Okay. okay. Again, kind of depending on how deep you're fishing, depending on what the, what the viewing conditions are and also what the fishery is too. Um, you, you can make these larger or smaller kind of suit your case. Um, but so you, can, I, you can probably even see in the web stream the improvement in the visibility just by going to a gray background over the black. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. I like that. Yeah. 
So uh, let's jump into a few more questions here. Uh, Jim, we're probably going to run over our, do you got time to stick around? Maybe do this a little longer than our normal show? Cause we do have a bunch of questions here. I'm in this bunker for the next month. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I just want to make sure we get all these great questions. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, let's see, where was it? Oh, here we go. Uh, can you talk about how you can make your own maps of uncharted lakes? Yes. So Element has two different systems for making your own maps. So if you are a Navionics fan, Element works with their Sonar Chart Live system. So these are all features that are in the chart. So I'm going to pop over here into the chart system. And it'll pop up here any second. There we go. So this is a Navionics chart that we are looking at. This is a Navionics Plus North America. Um, when you buy a new element system, we sell them bundled with Navionics, or we sell them bundled with Lighthouse LNC2. Lighthouse LNC2 is a Raymarine produced chart um, that also covers inland uh, and uh, saltwater um, on, a, on a single map. So um, they both have different ways of uh, making custom maps too. So in the Navionics environment, this is called Sonar Chart Live. And to turn it on, um, I would go into the menu. I go in here again to the settings and press OK. And over here under depths, we're going to scroll down a bit. And I would turn on Sonar Chart Live. Um, I can choose what level of visibility I want to have of my live data that I'm recording, because it's going to overlay on top of the chart, whatever you're looking at. With 100% visibility, it's going to completely blot out the chart underneath it. Um, you can also, uh, by turning that down, make it a little bit more transparent. Um, if you're fishing in an area that is subject to tides, pretty much anywhere in saltwater, um, you can turn on tidal correction. And that's just kind of a little flag in the system so that it knows you're in a saltwater area. And then it's got some settings here for density. Um, by default, Sonar Chart Live records at one foot contour intervals. So every time the depth changes by more than a foot, you're going to get a, a line, uh, a contour line. Um, you, if you're in an area that has a lot of terrain, you can get a lot of lines in a very, very small area, and it, they can get pretty thick. Um, so you might want to thin out the appearance. You can do that right here. So even though you turn down the contour interval, you know, maybe to a medium setting, so you don't get quite so many lines drawn, the lines are still there, they're saved. So you can turn them back on at any time and look. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're recording all the detail, but if it's too thick and you can't see through it, you can turn it down. Um, so this is running simulated uh, information right now. So it's probably actually not gonna record anything real for us, unfortunately. Uh, otherwise, what you would see on here is behind the boat, there would be a stream of um, either white um, for water that is deep or pink, uh, gradually changing to red as the water gets shallower. And there will be lines streaming out with a number attached to them. And those lines represent the contour intervals. And if you were to paddle to the north and then turn around and paddle to the south and then turn around and paddle to the north, it's going to stitch all those runs together. Uh, so it's a great way to make a totally custom map uh, in an area where either the mapping is a little bit thin or it might not exist at all. Um, I do a lot of paddling uh, here at home. I live in central Massachusetts. I paddle the Nashua River that comes right through my town. 
It's a non-navigable waterway. So the map of the Nashua River consists of a blue stripe <laughs> uh, with no detail. Uh, but when I run uh, Sonar Chart Live on my system, I make the maps myself as I paddle. When I get home at the end of a trip, uh, I can upload my map data to Navionics. They will process it. And in about 24 to 48 hours, I can plug my map chip back in and all that data that I submitted actually becomes a part of their sonar chart permanent layer on the card. So they go through and they normalize it. Um, they'll combine my data with other boaters that boat the river as well. So we're you know making uh, sections of the river out you know every time we get underway. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. Um, I mentioned that we have Raymarine charts in here too. Um, so the Raymarine LNC2 charts, if you're using those, they have a feature called Real Bathy. You actually don't even have to be using our charts to use real Bathy. All you need to have is a memory card plugged into Element that has some empty space on it. Your Navionis card has an empty space on it. You can pick up any old micro SD card, plug it in, and you could you could make real Bathy maps. Um, so it's basically enabled the same way um, in the menu. Um, I would come down here again to settings. Press OK. And instead of running Navionics, I'm going to choose Raymarine Lighthouse Charts down here. And it's going to load up a, uh, a base map. And the first time, it actually asks you right off the bat, oh, you want to enable depth recording? We can record depth and position and create your own charts in real time. So it's as simple as saying yes. <laughs> you literally say yes. <clears throat> Here's the settings for it. They're in the same place. Um, so we tell it that we want to record depth data. Um, it'll ask you for some basic setup information. What's the distance between your waterline and your depth transducer? Now, in a kayak, that's probably like next to nothing. Right. Right. So we're going to set the uh, offset as low as it can possibly go. Tenth of a foot, sure, that sounds about right. So it's letting me know that. We're going to start recording depth data. It's going to save it uh, to the memory card. So it is going to be gradually chewing up space on your memory card, but it can hold a lot of data. It can run for weeks, if not months at a time, recording data. Uh, it does warn you that in some countries, it's actually illegal to do this. Sweden, Finland, Norway, China, or um, on your own. Be careful. <laughs> the map, map police will come and get you. <laughs> You've been warned. Uh, so now we are recording depth data, and if I want to see it in real time, I just turn on this feature called Real Bathy. And similar to the Sonar Chart Live, uh, we'd actually see the contour lines streaming out uh, behind the boat. That and is, as you paddle, paddle around, as you overlap areas you paddled before, it'll join all those sections together automatically. I'm learning so much on this. This is amazing. <laughs> this, is, this is really cool. Um, we had uh, Dave Fowler. I know we touched on this a little bit, but was there a recommended speed, scrolling speed recommendation for kayak fishing? I usually turn it down by by half. Um, you could go, you could go more, um, but I I find that kind of uh, I go to fifty percent, and and I have a pretty pretty good performance with that. And I think there's some personal preference in it, but uh, um, I find that by going down to about 50% of normal, um, I do get a little more detail out of the system. 
Uh, Michael Cox has a good question here. Uh, in the chart settings under fishing zone, is there any way to increase or decrease the depth by one foot increments? Or is this something being looked at in the future? This is something that uh, is in our uh, request queue for a future software update. We've had a few people actually write in about that feature. So what fishing zone does is it enables you to pick a band of depths that you wanna be fishing in. Maybe uh, whatever species you're going after, you know that they're always in 30 to 50 feet of water. So you can actually set up a zone 30 to 50 and it'll highlight that with a little kind of red speckle overlay. So you can tell anywhere on the map where your prime fishing zones are. And um, I, I think it's actually a bug in the system, but they didn't give it a very small increment, which doesn't make it especially useful, uh, particularly in shallow water. Right. right. We'll, we'll get that fixed in a not too distant update. Uh, Dave Fowler, capabilities either computer or tablets? Yeah, so Element has a Bluetooth uh, transmitter, receiver, transceiver in it. Um, at the moment, we have not really done anything with it, but the hardware is there. It's ready to go. We do have some future plans for it. And Chris, watching on our YouTube channel, uh, when a target is displayed 15 feet to the side on SI or 3D view, is it a true distance from the boat to the target or do we have to take water depth into account? When you're looking at it in 3D, that is actually a pretty true distance because it's actually used both sensors in the transducer to calculate its position in space. So it, it in the two-dimensional space, it gets a distance. And then in, with that kind of secondary ping that we can get off of it, um, we are truly um, registering it in 3D. When you're looking at just the side vision alone, um, it is basically a straight line measurement from the transducer to that object. And as you may remember, like from trigonometry, whoops, you get the uh, hypotenuse of the right triangle, which is a little bit longer. So the distance may not be perfectly true, but honestly, it, the distance is that at most things that we are looking at, it's pretty close. Um, you know, the, the plus or minus factor isn't gigantic. Uh, Eric. Uh, any improvements on the horizon for mobile remote apps such as iOS, Android? The ones there now are lacking functionality and support. Uh, to that, I can just say yes and stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> they are um, not far away. <laughs> we have some things in mind. And uh, we talked about, uh, right at the very beginning, we talked about being able to do the um, up dates on the software via Wi-Fi or with the uh, SD card. Um, is that something, can, can people like sign up for notifications when an update's coming? Um, you can, yep. So if you go pop onto raymarine.com, um, you can actually uh, sign up, uh, get notified. Um, we also, um, the number one thing you can do is register your products with us. Um, when you buy, anytime you buy a new Raymarine product, um, there's two reasons to register. Number one, you get updates, uh, notifications sent to you. But number two, uh, on just about anything you buy from Raymarine, if you register it online, um, we upgrade the warranty from two years to three years. Um, wow. So it's well worth it. Uh, you know, take the five minutes, pop online, register the product. 
and get that extra year of warranty coverage. Um, that is by far the number one reason to uh, register to, to claim that. Well, Jim, we are caught up with questions. So um, I know you're really good about this. You've done it in the past. You always tend to go back and look at it later. So if you guys, if you missed getting a question up here, I know Jim's going to look at it later and answer any questions. Uh, I really, really appreciate you being on here today. It answered a ton of my questions and I use these things quite a bit. Uh, like I said, I'm really looking forward to experimenting with that 3D and and everything else. So can't thank you enough for joining us here. Um, we can do another one if people have questions on the Axiom and, you know, I think we're gonna have some time on our hands to do some more instructional stuff. So people, <laughs> if you have, you know, specific things you want us to go over, you know, ping us, maybe we can get Jim back on here to answer more questions. I'd be very happy to do it. Anytime you've been on the wider shot of me, you can probably see the Axiom here, right? <laughs> right next to me. I've I've got the the rare opportunity. This boat is rigged up with both. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, right here too. <laughs> I've got one on one side and one on the other. They kind of counterbalance each other. Well, like I said, I've got the uh, the Axiom on my big boat. I have the an Axiom on one of my kayaks, but on my Blue Sky and on my other kayaks, I've been uh, switched over to the Element. Uh, and again, I, I kind of like the Element just because. Um, Touchscreen doesn't really like me that much when my hands are soaking wet. And I know the Axiom is really good about it, but it, it still functions, but you end up with streaks all over the screen from your wet fingers. So I find that I can just see it a little bit better over the course of the day because I'm not putting streaks on it with salt water crystals and everything else. So anyway, uh, Jim, thank you. Thank you so much, man. It, it, was, it was so awesome to have you on here. And like I said, I, I learned a ton and I hope everybody else did as well. And, uh, We'll get you back on here. Is that your phone ringing or something? That is the house phone ringing. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, you take care and uh, stay safe and uh, have some fun as much as you can anyway. <laughs> oh, you too, sir. And thank you, everybody, for watching. I hope you're safe at home and all your families are doing well. And I hope you're itching to get out there on the water like I am. Yeah, we all are for <laughs> sure. Take care, man. And thanks, Jim. Well, like I said, I, I hope you guys learned a lot. Um, again, if, you, if you're watching this on a replay and you want to throw some questions out there, I know Jim has always in the past been great about coming back after broadcast and answering any questions. So um, throw them out there and uh, we will answer any questions you can. If you got questions for me, of course, I'm always happy to do that. You know, like I said, we're all in lockdown right now. So uh, going to try and get some more stuff like this going. You know, we tend to do our once a week live shows, but maybe we'll throw in some other ones, some more tutorial type stuff. And if you have ideas for one, you know, or ideas for guests, please throw them at me. Cause uh, I want to, I want to keep this going and at least keep us entertained a little bit while we're on lockdown. If, um, if you can, you know, I know some people have to go to work. Um, uh, if you are on lockdown, stay on lockdown. Um, you know, there's, it's not a good situation right now. And we want this thing to be gone as quickly as possible. Uh, we're not even allowed to really get on the water here. If I had a boat in a slip, I could take the boat out. But the boat launches are closed. The beaches are closed. So uh, I'm going to be tying some leaders and, and playing around and doing that sort of thing for a while. But uh, if you are getting on the water, please remember, always wear your PFD. Keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care.